0: Anybody need an outline? Anybody need an outline? All the way over there, Doc. All the way over there. All right. Right back here. Make sure they get an outline. Hold your hand up so we can see it again. All right. They're coming. They're coming. You see them, Mr. Jones? See them over there? All right. There we go. All right. Let's turn to Revelation chapter number eight. Revelation chapter number eight. How many of y'all glad to be saved? How many of y'all are glad you ain't going to be in what we're reading tonight? <laughs> you will after tonight. <laughs> All right. All right. Make, raise your hand again if you need a lesson. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. There you go. Make sure you got a lesson. Everybody good. Everybody on the shelf good. Everybody on the shelf good up there. All right. All right. Let's look. We're just going to read one verse because I got a lot to cover. So I want to get you already seated and, and everything. So uh, Revelation 8, verse 1. When you're there, say amen. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Father, Lord, I thank you for your blessing, your mercy. Uh, Lord, for all of your goodness. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless us now as we study your word. I pray that you'll just let it it come easy. I pray that it'll flow. I pray that we'll learn tonight. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. I pray for your perfect will to be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it amen you may be seated you may be seated first thing let's try to let's try to answer our questions from our, our question box from last week uh, had three this time uh, one question was uh, in in your last outline in your last outline there was in the in the uh, reasons for the tribulation period uh, there was a phrase that said that that God was going to judge Christ rejecting man God was going to judge Christ rejecting man. And they said, define that, define that, please. And I, I, I kind of tried to figure that out, but my English professor in, on the staff explained to me I worded that wrong. I should have worded it this way, that God was going to judge all of man that rejects Christ. That's what, that's what that means. In other words, the purpose of the tribulation is to judge all the men who reject Christ. All right? If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Judge Christ rejecting man, all right, or the men who reject Christ are going to be judged during the tribulation period, all right, the second question, Uh, in the Old Testament it states every word of God is pure, in the New Testament it states all scripture is profitable, I understand from commentaries that Israel is referred to as a fig tree in in the scripture, I also understand from our studies that uh, an objective of the tribulation is for the Jews to recognize Jesus as their Messiah and turn to him. So why do you think God chose to use the fig tree as the example here in uh, chapter 6, verse 13? That is a question you're going to have to ask God. (laughs) And the reason I say that, I'm not trying to be funny, is just I I, I couldn't find anything, any commentary that specifically addresses that particular phrase and and that particular chapter. Uh, I will say this, though. I will say this. Be careful, be careful of trying to make or find a hidden meaning behind every single word in the Bible. In other words, sometimes the word the just means the. Sometimes a fish is just a fish. Sometimes, you see what I mean? Sometimes when the plain meaning is plain. Now here's what I think. When I read that chapter and I looked and looked and looked and looked, I went back and I read it again. I believe that there, there may have been a time in John's life that, that John seen a, a hard wind blow and it blew some of the fruit off of a fig tree, and he is describing what he's seeing in the vision by what he has seen the past in his life. He's describing to you what it looks like. He said the stars are falling from heaven as the figs do from an untimely the untimely figs from a from a fig tree when the wind blows. So he's saying it looks like this is what it looks like. I don't think there's a hidden meaning. I think he's just telling you, this is what it looks like to me. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, the third one, the third one was a little more complicated. Uh, not complicated, but I, but I had to dig. And, and, and so I had different, I had several different commentaries say several different things. And so I'm going to tell you what they said, and then I'm going to tell you why they're wrong and I'm right. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm going to just tell you what I, I looked in my own, my own searching, okay? That's what I meant by that. I'm not saying I'm right. We may all be wrong, and we'll ask God when we get there, amen? But it says, why do the tribulation martyrs have white robes, and the church has white raiment? Now, the church is described in, in chapter number four. It says, and round about the throne were the four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders, which we know is representing the church, clothed in white raiment clothed in white raiment, and they had on their head crowns of gold, crowns of gold. And then we find in chapter number 7 that the tribulation saints, the tribulation saints that have been delivered and brought out of the tribulation period, it says in in chapter 7, verse 14, And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest, and he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple, in his temple. If you had your Bible open, that's what it would say, in his temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Now, one commentary, one commentary stated that uh, he believed that these are just mentioning the same thing using different words. There's no difference, they're all the same. Uh, One just uses the word robe, one uses the word raiment. Okay, that's what one one commentary said. Another commentary said this, that the word robe in this context is just symbolic because they had not received their glorified bodies yet. They were still in spiritual form and they had not received their glorified bodies yet to the end of the tribulation when the, uh, 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 the resurrection of those who have been killed in the tribulation will get their glorified bodies. Now, this is what I think. I, I I don't know if it's either one of them, and I can't dogmatically say either one, even what I found. But I did this, okay? When I when I I'm, I'm not satisfied with what I'm reading and what I see, and that happens that happens often. Uh, so be careful. Don't put don't 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 put all your eggs in one basket of a commentary. Because it's just men's commentary. Are y'all with me, say amen? So I went back and I I looked at the first mention. How many of y'all have ever heard of the law of first mention? Okay. How many of y'all have never heard of the law of first mention? All right. Y'all going to learn something tonight. All right. Sometimes people who study the Bible, Bible scholars and and, and interpreters, that type of thing, they will use this, and it's really not a law, it's just a principle. And and I'm going to use the words of David Jeremiah to explain those who study the Bible in a serious way sometimes refer to the law of first mention, and it's not so much a law, really, as a common principle in the scriptures. If you select an important biblical word, let's just say the word worship, you'll find that its first biblical appearance sets the tone for all the richness of meaning that will emerge. Now, through the word, we go on to find many new understandings and many variations on the theme, but the first cut is the deepest, and the first mention gives us the essential picture. Does that make sense to everybody say amen? In other words, you'll get the greatest definition, the greatest understanding. So, with that being with that being known, I went and I looked up the two words, raiment and robes. So the first mention, the first mention of the word raiment in your Bible is in Genesis 24. Now, I just put it here, it's not in your notes, so don't be looking for it in your notes. But in Genesis 24:50 50, through 53, it, it, this, is the, this is, how many of y'all remember when Abraham sent uh, the servant to find a bride for Rebekah? How many of y'all remember that? This is that phrase, this is that chapter. Abraham sent his servant to find a bride for his son, and he found Rebekah. Y'all remember that? When the agreement was made that the bride would marry the son, the bride would accept the, the offer of the son to be his bride. This is what happened. Genesis 24, 53. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment, and gave them to Rebekah. All right? Now, what, what does that mean? In, in, in your Old Testament, Abraham is a type of God the Father. Isaac is a type of God, the son, the Lord Jesus. All right, Rebecca is a type of the church, the bride of Christ. Are y'all following this? Are y'all with me? Now, so I went back, I went back, and so what did, what did the bride of, the, of the, the son, Isaac, what did she receive? Raymond. It distinguished her as the bride. So I went back and I looked up the word robe, okay? The first time the word is used in the Bible is describing the garment of the priest. It says Exodus 28, 2. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron, thy brother, for glory and beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I shall have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they make Aaron's garment to consecrate him, in other words, to set him apart, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, an ephod, and a robe. And a robe. First time it's used in the Bible is to describe the office or the garment of the priest. Now, let's go back. Let's go back. With that being said, let's go back and look. We see the church has been raptured out. And they are the bride of Christ. Are y'all with me? So they have been given raiment. But here, in this, we see the tribulation saints. They have been given a robe. Watch what they're going to do. It says in verse 15 of chapter 7, Therefore, are they before the throne of God and serve him, serve him, say it with me, serve him day and night. Where? In his temple. Where did the priests serve? In the temple. Now, here's here's what I'm, I'm saying. It is a great possibility that the raiment, because it's always used, always used, and tribulation saints are given robes, and the church is seen as having raiment. It is a great possibility that God is wanting you to understand that the New Testament, the, the, excuse me, the tribulation saints are not the church. The church are separate; they are individual. They have been taken out before the tribulation period has gotten. And you need to understand: the church is the bride of Christ. Are y'all with me? They receive raiment, but then the robes are given to those who serve; that they will be priests in God's temple in heaven, and God's going to take care of them. So it is. It is a, my persuasion that He's showing you a distinction between the church. And those saved during the tribulation period. That they, this one saved during the tribulation period is not the church. And by the way, the Old Testament saints are not the church either. Only those who have been saved from Pentecost until the time of Christ's rapture and return. Somebody say amen. Okay, so everybody got that? Okay, let's, let's just do a, a real brief review, a real brief review, and uh, jump to where we're at tonight. All right. So far in chapter number 6, we will we will we'll begin with the seal judgments. We have the first seal's open, white horse rider. We believe that represents the Antichrist. All right, a deceiving politician that comes on the scene. He has a bow in his hand. He is he is conquering with deception. He's conquering with political skill. He is a man who deceives by shrewd uh, a political savvy. And, and we'll, learn, we'll learn later on that he's empowered by Satan. All right, the second seal is open, a red horse rider, which is, is depicting war. War envelops the whole entire globe. I mean, everywhere, wars and rumors of wars, uh, men fighting against men, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, family against family, civil wars break out. Every war you could imagine. Because of the war and all the investments in the war, the third seal is open, and a black horse rider, which is famine. A whole day's wage is barely enough to feed one person. And then the fourth seal is open, and a pale horse rider in death, and a quarter of humanity dies because of the famines, the war, and the beasts of the earth. So what happens? Everything so far in the four horses is something that happens on earth and that could be seen as just things that happen. All right? How many of y'all know there's always been Crooked politicians. Do I have a witness? So that's not unheard of. The white horse rider is not unheard of. There's been dictators, there's been crooked politicians who couldn't tell the truth if he injected with them truth serum. Say amen. How many, how many of y'all know there's always been war? Okay, so that's not that's not really nothing unusual. Now, the the extent of these wars is going to be very unusual because it's going to be truly a world war. Now, we, we've called it World War I and World War II, that the whole world was at war, but that's not necessarily true, okay? It, but this time, the entire world would be enveloped in war, okay? Now, has, has there been famines before? Yes, there's famines today. There are people starving to death today in famine. So there are famines. They, that, that's not unheard of. So, so far, so far, it, it's really uh, uh, maybe in a greater extent, but nothing that's never happened before. Now, how many of y'all know that there's been plagues and this killed a bunch of people? The bubonic plague, the the black death, you know, all of these things have happened before and they've they've happened in the past. I'm saying this for a reason. That man, man, unregenerated man can see this stuff and think it's just life. It's bad, it's terrible. But hey, it's happened before. There's nothing. In other words, they are not seeing anything supernatural in it yet. Now watch. Then we have the fifth seal. What do we find in the fifth seal? The souls of men crying out for vengeance upon the wicked. Listen, they are saying, when will you avenge us? This represents, we know that the tribulation uh, saints who have died, and they are crying out for vengeance. It's no longer the time of grace. It's no longer the age of grace. It's the time of judgment. But then the sixth seal is opened. Now, so far, everything has to do with man. The actions of man causing the upheaval and the turmoil upon this earth. But now it's going to be supernatural. Now it's going to come from God. We see a great earthquake takes place. In, in, I put cosmic catastrophe. You know uh, the, the the heavens are going to be affected, the stars, the moon, the sun. All of this is going to be affected, and the events of the sixth seal affect nature, and it becomes obvious now that God is involved, which causes men. And if we'll if we'll look, uh, uh, let's see if we will look for the end of chapter 6. And it says, And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks and the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, hide us, hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand? By now, by the sixth seal, they know this is God. This is God, God is behind this. Number one, that there is a God. You know, there's millions of people on this planet don't even believe there's a God. They believe it's a fairy tale. It's a figment of somebody's imagination. It's for weak-minded people. But they're going to realize there is a God, and He's not real happy. And instead of running to Him for mercy, they're going to try to hide. They're going to try to hide. Now, with that being said, that brings us to chapter seven. What do we see? We see kind of a lull in the storm. We see kind of a lull in the storm. In chapter number seven, we find a, a, a group of people who have been sealed. All right, we find a group of people who have been sealed. This this group of people is one hundred forty four thousand. It's a specific number. A specific group, a specific description of these people. They are 144,000 Jewish missionaries. Jewish virgin men, never been married. They are single men who've never been married, never been with a woman. And God seals them and sends them. And they go to every part of the globe and God has protected them. God is going to preserve them. And they are going to preach the gospel to every creature. Are y'all with me? and and through this through this event we see there are going to be there are going to be countless numbers of people who will believe and be saved during the tribulation period and they're going to be killed and now we see that group in heaven All right? It's an unnumbered, there's no way to number, it says it could not be numbered, of a group of people who have come out of the tribulation, who have been saved, who've who've been delivered, they've been most likely martyred or killed in one of the the devastating judgments or or because of the, uh, uh, the Antichrist and his actions there, but we see they're up in heaven. Now, why is that put there? Why is that put there? I believe this. I believe God wants you to see I believe God wants you to see that even in the midst of judgment, unparalleled, unprecedented judgment, that He is a God of mercy and that He can save even in the midst of judgment. Not only that He's willing to, He can. He's here to save. There is kind of like a pause in the action. He says, I want, and He, and he seals the, the witnesses, He seals those who would go out. And, 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 and share the truth of who God is and who Jesus is. And, and all of these people are saved during all of this judgment. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, that brings us to chapter number 8. That brings us to chapter number 8. <clears throat> Alright. Now we see, the Bible says in verse number 1. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven. There was silence in heaven about the space of a half hour. All right, that's about 30 seconds. Say, what happens? So, if you're taking notes, write this down. I want you to see number one the silent pause. The silent pause. Have you ever noticed as you read through Revelation that there's a bunch of noise? There's thunderings, there's lightnings, there's shouting, there's loud praise going on, and everything's loud, everything's big, everything's majestic. Over and over you see lightnings and thunderings and you see people praising with a loud voice and singing unto God and to cry, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. I mean, it's all loud. Chapter one, loud. Chapter two, loud. I mean, it's just all loud and boisterous. Now, all of a sudden, when that seventh seal is opened, what the angels see What the church sees, what the tribulation saints see, is so devastating. It is is to the point that it takes your breath away. In other words, you're speechless. What God is fixing to do to this planet, what is fixing to take place on earth, is so dramatic, it is so intense, you only have words. How many of you have seen something so awful something so so bad maybe you were passing a wreck or or i, I remember one time when I was a kid i, I we were we were leaving from school and, and and going down the road and 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 you know when you see flashing lights and in and, and the, and the cop cars and the aimlessly you know you everybody's a you know, we want to we see what's going on and, 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 and all that kind of thing. I remember rolling the window down so I could get a good look. And, and I remember going by this wreck, and, and, and the guy was on a motorcycle, and he got hit by a car, and, and it broke his back. We found out later we knew the people, and so that's why I know the, the, the details of it. Broke both of his legs, broke his back. I mean, just messed him up in a terrible, terrible way. When we were coming by, they were setting his his legs in in temporary casts. And I'm telling you, this guy was screaming like nothing I'd ever heard before in my life. Man, that shook me up so bad. I didn't even speak all the way home. I mean, for, for, for a long time, even after I got home, I was just so shook up. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't say anything to anybody because it was just so intense. That's what's going on. Heaven is silent. I mean, it's so intense. John, even, he knows the time. It's 30 minutes. Awe-inspiring. In your notes, you see, that we find the glorious praise of the redeemed offering uh, uh, worship to their redeemers changed. It's changed. Silent preparation for the most awful judgments ever to come upon the world. Each angel that had a trumpet, and the trumpet was used to usher in the coming judgments. In Israel's day, in Israel's day, the trumpet was used for different purposes, to call people to worship, to warfare, to the sound of the trumpet, in Israel indicated the intervention of God in the affairs of men on this earth. In Israel's day, the sound of the trumpet in Israel indicated the intervention of God in the affairs of men. So go ahead and go ahead and underline that sentence right there. It indicated the intervention of God in the affairs of men on this earth. How many of y'all remember when they blew the trumpets at Jericho? God intervened and dropped the walls. Okay? The seven trumpets tell us the final intervention of God in judgment. These trumpets are warlike and tell us the coming judgment is about to fall on the wicked ones on the earth. So we see a silent pause. and It says, and I saw the seven angels which stood before God and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. All right? Now, I want you to look at this. Two things. First, the prayer's reception. This is the saint's prayers. Number one, the saint's prayers. We see an angel with a golden censer. This is kind of like a fire pan. If you'll remember through Old Testament study, you'll find out that the, the priest would go to the altar, the, the brazen altar on the outside of the tabernacle or on the outside of the temple. And that's where they would offer the sacrifice. And there would be burning coals upon there. And the priest would take a pot or a censer, which was a, 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 a just if you can imagine a small pan, a fire pan, and he would put those coals on that, on that pan from the altar, and then he would go into the holy place. And at the altar of incense, he would put those coals on the altar of incense, and then put incense on the coals, and the smoke and the incense would go up as a type of the prayers of the people. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And it would fill that area, that, that aroma, that odor would fill the area, and that cloud from the incense would come up. He would also also do that before he went into the Holy of Holies to protect his his own self from the glory of God. But this incense is a type of the prayers of the people going up to God. Now, what are the prayers? What are the prayers that's mixed in with this incense that's going to God? How long, O Lord? Remember? How long, O Lord? How long is it going to take? When will you avenge our blood? Are y'all with me? That's the prayer. It's going up to God. This angel is showing you that your prayers are heard. Say amen. Amen. Your prayers are heard. Your prayers. You may not think it gets past it. And there's been times. I'm going to tell you, there's been times I've prayed and I didn't think it got past the ceiling. But I promise you this, ladies and gentlemen, your prayers are heard in the presence of God. We see the prayer. The prayer's reception. But then B, the prayer's response. The prayers are received, the Bible says in verse 4. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. All right? So what happened? The prayers got a response. Not only are your prayers being heard in God's timing, they will get a response. Amen. Amen? But look what happens. Look what happens. The first thing that takes place, the first thing that takes place, it says in verse number six, and the seven angels with had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. In other words, in other words, I I read, I read, uh, you know, some some believe some Bible scholars believe that that earthquake caused volcanic eruptions that blew ash into the into the sky, and 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 through that it caused an atmospheric conditions that caused lightning storms. Now, how many of y'all remember the hailstorm we got several, several months ago? I don't even, it might have been years ago or a year or more now. I don't know, but. Okay, all of y'all are right. I don't even know what y'all said, but y'all are right. <laughs> Last year, okay. Uh, ha- did anybody get a chance to go by on, on uh, I guess it's 69 right there in front of the Nissan dealership right after it happened? I- I've never seen anything like it in my life, ever in my life. I mean, I, I'm from Florida and I've been through several hurricanes in Florida and I, now I can say I've been through tornadoes in Alabama, but I still hadn't ever seen anything like that. Not one single vehicle on the lot was unaffected. I mean, all the wind is busted out. Just, just, Can you imagine? Can you imagine a lightning storm and fire coming from heaven mixed with hail? And by the way, you're going to see great parallels between all of the things and the judgments God sends to this earth. Parallel that with the plagues that he sent to Egypt. Now let me ask you a question. As we're going through these things, you reckon the Jewish people are going to say, wait a minute. This sounds awful familiar. Y'all with me? Because you remember, you remember he's doing two things. He's not only judging He's getting their attention. He's getting their attention. We'll get back to that. But we see, we see uh, fire coming from heaven, hail, lightning, destroying one-third of all vegetation. One-third of all vegetation. Can you imagine that? One-third of all trees, one-third of all grass, or actually all green grass. It says in verse number 7, it's so significant, it's so significant that a third part of the trees was burnt up and all green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded. And as it were, as it were, that's a key, that's a key. Anytime you see that, as it were, in other words, John's saying, this is what it looks like to me. All right. As it were a great mountain burning with fire cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. In other words, I believe a comet or a meteor, that's what it looks like, a huge mountain, a huge rock. is plunging its own fire. It comes through the the, the Earth's atmosphere, but it stays intact. It stays intact, and it hits the ocean. It hits the ocean, and because of that, it it causes the ocean uh, to be contaminated. And because of the contamination, a third part of the life in the ocean is destroyed, and they die a third part of all sea life. <clears throat> then it says this, verse 9, a third part of the creatures which are in the sea and had life died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. Some were destroyed by the, the, the meteor or, the, or the, uh, uh, the comet that hits, or they are destroyed by the tidal waves that's created by this unbelievable event that takes place. All right? So we see, we see the earth itself, when I say earth, I mean land, is affected. Now the sea is affected, okay? Look in verse number 10. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. Now this is fresh water. And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Now, this is different, this is different than the first one. The first one stayed intact, and when it hit, it it hit as a, I mean, there's no telling what kind of capacity it's going to have as an atomic bomb, maybe many, many, many times over when it hits, because it's intact when it hits the ocean, but this one disintegrates. It disintegrates when it hits Earth's atmosphere to the point that it's scattered across the globe and one-third of all fresh water, rivers, ponds, lakes, all one-third of the, of the Earth's fresh water is contaminated and it becomes bitter. It says, In the name of the stars called Wormwood and the third part of the waters became Wormwood and many men died of the waters because they were bitter. So, so far. Well, let me go one more. Verse 12. And the fourth angel sounded, the fourth trumpet sounds. And the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars, so as the third part of them were darkened. Can you imagine the tides and everything that's affected by this? Your, your earth is, is, is run by the, the stars and in, in, in the, in the, the moon phase in the sun, and all this is going on. Part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night Likewise. Now here's the thing, here's the thing. How many of y'all know that this world and the crazy people in it are worshiping the creation and not the creator? How many of y'all know unregenerated, wicked men think more of a baby eagle egg than they do a human baby in the womb? How many of y'all know they think more of a tree in the forest than they do a child in a school? They're worshiping creation. And guess what God is doing? Now think about this. Every plague in Egypt was a, a swipe, if you will, at a god of Egypt. And God was showing through the plagues of Egypt that he was God and there is none other. And what is man doing today? Man worships the earth. And so God says, okay. And he begins to affect the earth. He begins to judge the earth. He begins to basically destroy the earth. The very thing that man thinks is so significant, that man thinks is so important, that man thinks is the priority... God has taken it away. Now, think about this. Think about this. God is taking away what they are worshiping today. Y'all with me? Now, so far, so far, in in the seals, the early part of the seals, they can't tell what's happening. They just think, you know, times are rough, times are terrible. These wars and famines and, but by the sixth, by the sixth seal, they understand God is judging. God is punishing. So they try to hide from him. Well, the air seems to clear a little bit and they can come out of hiding and then God begins the trumpet judgments. And these are so severe, a third of everything is destroyed. A third of land the vegetation on the land, a third of the sea and sea life, a third of the fresh waters. How many of y'all would agree that's pretty bad? Watch. Verse 13. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, say it with me. Woe, woe, woe. Now, this is, this, is not, this is not as you would use on a horse as in stop. Whoa. It, it's as this is awful. It's as woe is me. This is awful. Three woes for the next three judgments to take place or the next trumpets to, to, to sound. In other words, if basically what he's saying, if you think this is bad. You ain't seen nothing yet. So, let's begin verse chapter 9. It says, and the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star fall from heaven under the earth. Now, if we go back to the first, first part of Revelation, a star was an angel. Satan is an angelic creature. Are y'all with me? It says, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. Now, this is described, and you're going to find out as we go through Revelation that sometimes you, you, you are given the picture, and then in the following chapters he goes into detail about what you've already studied and read. In chapter number 12, verse 7 through 9, describes this event taking place and gives you more detail about it. He said, and he opened the bottom, or excuse me, back up, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose a smoke out of the pit as a smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and upon them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth. And they said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said a while ago all green grass was burned up. How many of y'all have ever burned off a field? And then what happens? It comes back over a period of time. So what this is saying that there is an extended period of time between that judgment where the grass is burned up and now there's an extended period of time. It's given enough time for the grass to what? Grow back. grow back. Now this time, God says, don't hurt it. Don't touch it. All right? It says, and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh the man. And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them." That's pretty significant. And the shapes of the locusts, and now now you see, he told you something, and now he's going to describe what he just told you. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the face of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots, of many horses running to battle." And they had tails like unto scorpions, and they were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name is in Hebrew tongue Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, come two woes more hereafter. Now let's read and let's study these. Now be careful to listen to and and read commentaries that tell you all These are are Apache helicopters. Apache helicopters don't come out of the abyss. These are demonic hordes. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now listen, let's talk about this. First, number one, the trumpet judgments are released during the first half of the tribulation and the bowl judgments during the last half, which is called the wrath of God. The trumpet judgments parallel the plagues that God sent on the land of Egypt, and why not? After all, the whole world will be saying, as did Pharaoh, who is the Lord, that we should serve him. As we read and study these portions of scriptures, we must keep reminding ourselves that God is trying to get the people of the earth to turn to him. As each judge, and by the way, you say, how do you know that? Because as we read these things and study, it says, and they still repented not. Now, if they said they still repented not, they had a chance to, are y'all with me? Okay. Now, number one, I want you to see the unnamed personality, the unnamed personality, this angel, he's described as, he's in a fallen state, A, A, a fallen state. In Luke 10, 18, it says, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning, what? Lightning. well, what is after that? Fall from, all right, let me say it again, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning, all right, Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen, O Lucifer? How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Let's, let's turn to chapter 12. Let's turn to chapter 12. And get a more detailed description of this event. Of the the star that fell from heaven to the earth. With a key to the bottomless pit. It says in verse 7. Revelation 12, 7. When you get there, say amen. Amen. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought. And by the way, Satan has access to God right now. He is before the throne accusing the brethren every day. Y'all with me? But there's going to come a time that God's going to kick him out. And his angels fought against the dragon and that dragon fought and his angels, the dragon is Satan. He prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out on the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a vo- loud voice say, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. But, watch what it says, Woe, say it with me. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a... Short time. So he unlocks the key. He unlocks the the bottomless pit. He's been given that key. He's He's only doing what he's allowed to do. So we see a fallen state, but then B, we see a future service. God is going to use him like a puppet to bring judgment upon unregenerated, unrepentant man. And he's going to unleash... A horrible, horrible horde of demons upon this earth. So we see the unnamed personality in verse 1. Verses 3 through 10, we see an unprecedented punishment. An unprecedented punishment. Two things we see. The source of the punishment is coming from demons and darkness. Verse 2, and he opened the bottomless pit and there arose a smoke out of the pit. As the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by the reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. I I had a bunch of information on on the different times that that locusts, uh, plagues of locusts came to this earth. And it said it just darkened the sky. There were so many. And they destroyed everything in their path. Everything in their path. And, and so we see this, this, this horde of demons being turned loose upon this earth, all right? Now, we see the scope of the punishment, the source of the punishment, demons and darkness. Then we see the scope of the punishment. This is going to last five months. This is going to last five months. Now, This is a significant thing. Verse number five. Verse number five. It says, and to them it was given that they should not kill. Now, so far, we're we're seeing stuff die on a regular basis, right? But things are going to change now. Things are going to change. It says, and to them, do I need to move that mic? Am I getting louder? Am I good? Okay. All right. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. Their torment was as that of a scorpion. I read behind a lot of, a lot of scorpion stings that could co- cause convulsions, could cause paralysis, excruciating, excruciating pain. It says, when he striketh a man. And in those days, the pain is going to be so severe, so horrific... Verse 6, In those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall what? In other words, they are going to try and kill themselves, but God won't let them die. God won't let them die. They'll jump off buildings. They'll probably take, take weapons and, and try to shoot themselves, but God won't let them die. That, that, even just that proves that death and life is in God's hands. And he's not going to let them die. They're going to be tormented. They're going to go through this pain. They're going to go through this difficulty. Five solid months. And then he begins to describe, describe the, the demons. <clears throat> then we see in verse 11. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name is in the Hebrew tongue Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue hath he named Apollyon. All right? Two things. Or actually, number three. The unscrupulous prince. There's a prince. There's leadership. Now, sometimes, sometimes when, when you imagine demons, it's just like this wild and crazy, you know, chaotic group that just goes around. No, no, no. They are organized. We we don't we don't we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers rule. Are y'all with me? Satan's hordes are are organized. There is hierarchy and there is a leader. Now, I, I I read several several different commentaries. One said that this 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 king here is Satan himself. Some said that it wasn't because he's 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 the prince of the power of the air. But either way, there's a a significant thing that you need to see, the naming. The naming, the meaning of his name means destroyer. Both, Both meanings, both meanings, Apollyon and Abaddon both mean destroyer. But then the message of his name, one's given in Hebrew and the other's given in Greek. What does that mean? It indicates that the judgment will come upon both Jew and Gentile. This judgment, this difficulty, this torment is going to come on Jew and Gentile. The only ones delivered from this are those that are sealed. Then, number four, the unloosed participants, verse 13. And the sixth angel sounded. And the sixth angel sounded. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before God, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed and which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year to slay a third part of men. All right? We see the unloosed participants, number four. We see first the location of these angels. And these are fallen angels that have been preserved and reserved and prepared. In other words, God had these for a specific purpose and this is that purpose and this is that day the location of the angels is in the euphrates river the area of the euphrates is very, is the very location of the first diabolical work of satan against our parents adam and eve which caused the fall of the human race it was here that the first murder was committed it was here that man's first organized rebellion against god took place with hair or not hair excuse me with the tower of babel In Genesis chapter number 11, I also read, I also read that the four main groups of people who oppress Medo-Persia, Assyria, uh, 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 Greece, and and Rome, all the, not Greece, uh, help me, what's the other one? Anyway, the, the four different major oppressors of Israel could be these were the demonic influences behind them. Now, if you read and study, if you read and study in Daniel, you'll find out that there are different demons assigned to different areas. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And, and it's a possibility that these four were responsible for the main uh, 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 oppression, uh, the main attacks on the nation of Israel itself. We do know this same area is where Israel spent 70 years in in captivity, uh, uh, in bondage, in their their punishment, and their their just judgment that God had upon them. And out of this we see that God's going to bring angels to bring judgment upon man. We see the location of the angels, then the loosening of the assault. The loosening of the assault is going to turn them loose. Now look at this. They're, they've been prepared. They've been prepared to slay a third part of men. And now, as he's describing them, and you got to understand something: demons today want to destroy mankind. If you go back and look through the New Testament, the time of Christ, they were constantly causing man to harm themselves. If you'll remember the demoniac and, 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 and the times that the, the, the young man was filled with demons and and, and, and he had, had devils and he would cast himself into the fire. Man is, is the enemy of Satan. Satan hates man. The demons hate you and they want to destroy you, but they're limited. They're restrained. Well, God is fixing to remove the restraint. And that's what we're seeing. It, sa- it says... <clears throat> In this present age, there are demons who would torture and kill all of man if it were not for the hand of God to keep them from their purpose. During the tribulation period, God will loose four of these angels to do his bidding at the sounding of the sixth trumpet. Then we look in verse number 16. Now we see a description given of another group. The number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000,000. That's 200 million. And I heard the number of them, and and thus I saw the horses in the vision. And them that sat on them have having breastplates of fire and jasoneth and brimstone and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone was issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails for their tails were likened to serpents and had heads and with them they do hurt. So number five, write the unrestrained power. The unrestrained power. A, we find an example of their description. They're horrific looking, they're demonic. Then, the extent of their destruction they're going to destroy a third of the population upon this earth. This leaves only about half of the population left on this earth. Brimstone is basically a uh, a sulfurous gas. But then this is the most staggering truth that we're going to see. The unrepentant people. The unrepentant people. Look in verse 20. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues. Y'all there? The rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet, what? Repented Repented not of the works of their hands. That they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood. Which neither can see nor hear. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication nor their thefts. One would, think, one would think that the combination of five months of torment and then death from fire, smoke, and brimstone would bring men and women to their knees in repentance, but such is not the case. The most frightening thing about Revelation 9 is not the judgments that God sends, but the sins that persist, that men persist in committing even, even while God is judging them. Consider the sins that the men and women will be committing. Demon worship, which go hand in hand with idolatry. This will be the leading sin. Satan will be at work. And Satan has always wanted to be worshipped. A great deal of religion will be practiced at this time, but it will be false religion. Murder and theft will also be rife in these days. So will various kinds of sexual immorality. The word translated "sorcery" in the Greek is the Greek word pharmakia, which means the use of drugs. Drugs are often used in pagan religious rites and demon worship. And as we see the expansion of today's drug culture, we have no problem envisioning a whole society given over to these demonic practices. I want you to turn. I want you to turn with me to John. We got two minutes. John chapter three, real quickly. John chapter three. Verse 19, as I look through this, I'm thinking, dear God, how awful. I mean, this is unbelievable. And and everybody look at me, everybody look at me, everybody look at me. This is really going to happen. This is really going to happen. I, I I rode through, I rode through. Down down, I, I went a different way than I normally go when I go down to Florida when my my cousin was was, was dying. I usually go twenty to to seventy five and then just straight all interstate. I mean I'm an interstate person, man. Let me get there. Don't want no red lights, stop signs, see. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna get there. Well, all that mess in Birmingham, I just went straight on through and then cut cut the back way through and end up going through around. Tallahassee and, and that way and I went through the area that was was hit by the hurricane I mean on I-10 and I mean I I, I don't even know how far I drove and you just seen trees flattened and it was unbelievable I mean it was kind of awestruck by seeing this devastation I mean we're, we're like 60 miles from the coast can you imagine what it was on the coast and I, I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that. Just, just these trees destroyed. I, I, remember, I remember going up in the helicopter with the, the, the chief of police and, and, and seeing the, the path of the destruction when the, when the tornado came through. And, and just seeing that just left you like, wow. I talked to Jonathan today. Lee County is right straight across the Chattahoochee River from where Jonathan's church is. They're 20 minutes. Not even 20 minutes, really, as the crow is about 10 minutes. They're right beside that county where all those people died, is right beside John. He said, but what people don't realize, he said, all the, uh, Lee County is getting all of the, 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 the press because that's where the people passed away. He said, but the, the path was 70 miles long. And he said, there's other towns that have been demolished, but nobody died there, so they're not getting the press coverage. But the, my point is this is in just a little bit, I came out of it, and everything looked normal. Normal trees, normal everything, and it just went back to. But can you imagine this whole entire earth? The amount of death, the amount of destruction. And by this time, they know, they know it's God. There's no doubt about it. There's no question about it. That there is a God in the heavens who is judging mankind and is sending these plagues and sending this death And destruction. And yet they will not turn to Him. They stay in an unrepentant situation. I'm thinking, how? How? How is it possible? And then we read in John chapter number three. Let's go back to verse 18. Let's go back to verse 17. For God sent. sent. Ho, ho. For God Sent. sent. Ho. Slow down. For God sent. In these verses we know he's talking about his son. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to God didn't want anybody to die, so he sent his son. His only begotten son. God didn't want anybody to die. God didn't want anybody to perish, so he intervened. He intervened in the affairs of men and sent his son. He got involved in the situation. Now watch. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But watch, watch. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Jesus didn't come to condemn anybody. They were already condemned. Are y'all with me? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now watch here. Why did they not repent? God is intervening. God is intervening. He has, he has, got into the affairs of men on this earth. He's trying to get their attention. He's bringing judgment and difficulty and pain and anguish. But they repented not. Why? And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light. What are they doing? What are they doing? They're hiding. They're not coming to the light. They're hiding. Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Now go back to verse 19. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men loved darkness. The sad fact is this. That men love their sin to the point that it did not matter what God did to get their attention they would rather have their sin than bow to God ladies and gentlemen the bible says the heart is deceitful it even says it this way it's desperately wicked what, are you, what do you need to take from this today repent turn to Christ there's no need to experience any of this because God has intervened in the affairs of man and sent his son so you could be free God loves you. Watch this. God loved them. How many of y'all have multiple children? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand. How many of y'all have multiple children is different? How many of y'all in the multiplicity of your children? You have one that's more stubborn than the other. How many of y'all have one that you can look at and the stank eye works? How many of y'all have one you got to beat to death and it still hardly works? That's what you're seeing. Every, every, and by the way, I know I'm over time, but I got to tell you this. Have you noticed so far That from the beginning of the judgments, the first seal, to where we are today, they just increase in intensity and in duration and in effect. What what is that saying? God didn't want to get to here. There were times in my life that if I would just listen to the rebuke, I'd have never got to whipping. Y'all with me? Some people want to read into this, and I, I don't know why I'm doing this, I'm way over time, but somebody needs to hear this. Don't leave here thinking God's a bad deal. All you need to do is read into this and see how much God loves them and is trying to get their attention. He's trying to do whatever it takes to get man's attention, to get them to... And it increases and increases and increases and increases and increases and increases. And it's not over yet. It's not over yet. And all God's people say it. God is a loving God. God is a saving God. God is a God of grace and God is a God of mercy. But don't you ever forget that he's a God of justice and righteousness. And according to the New Testament, vengeance. And all God's people said, Amen. and by the way, just a little nugget, just, I, I, I meant to say this a while ago and I forgot, but in studying that word raiment, in studying that word raiment, I've got a, I've got a computer, how many of y'all thought that was a cool little nugget there, the, 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 the law first mentioned in that, that raiment and how it's connected with the bride, which is the type of the church. I have a, a computer program that's it, when I when I click on it to look up a verse, it, it gives you like twelve or thirteen different Bible versions. Oh, wow. I use the one because that's that's the one. Click on, but when I clicked on it, it went to the NIV, and it said, "It's not found. It's not found. The word's not there." And some most of the time that means I spelled it wrong because I do that frequently. <laughs> because I thought it was on. The King James, and so I looked up the the, defi- or the the spelling. I said, "No, I spelled it right. What in the world's the problem? I know it's there. I just read it, and I looked, and it was in NIV, and the word raiment is not found in the NIV. So what am I telling you? You take it however you want to, but I wouldn't have an NIV <laughs> anyway." It is what it is. I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you what I, what happened to me today. And you can take what you want from that. All right? And all God's people say it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your blessings, your mercy.